But it, it is great to be with you here this morning. Um, I hope you all had an absolutely wonderful Thanksgiving and a great time together with your family, food, community. We are um, filming this actually before Thanksgiving, um, so it hasn't happened yet, but by the time you see it, it will have been um, Thanksgiving, and I hope you had a wonderful one. I am really looking forward to my Thanksgiving. Um, Megan and I get to go to Arizona. We get to be with um, almost uh, my entire side of the family. Um, unfortunately, my sister-in-law and niece could not make it, um, but it's going to be an awesome time. Really excited to go um, and really just spend some good quality time with them, which is, which kind of feels weird because growing up, I did not look forward to Thanksgiving at all. I really didn't care about it. Thanksgiving was always this holiday between Halloween and Christmas, between candy and presents. I didn't really care much for Thanksgiving. I basically just looked exclusively forward to Christmas around this time. I mean, as a kid, think about what Christmas is. The colors are so bright and happy. There's so many lights. There's so many beautiful decorations. I mean, the mascot's this giant, jolly, you know, big, red-bearded guy. And there is delicious food, and there's fun songs, and there's just so much joy around Christmas. You get two weeks off for school, at least where I came from. Two weeks off for school. You get presents. You get presents, and at the end of the day, you get to talk about Jesus, which is obviously the best part of Christmas. But... Think about Thanksgiving, especially for 12-year-old me. The colors are like earth tones. It's like brown, dark green, and orange. Like, it's not really that fun to look at. There's no mascot except usually it's like a turkey with a pilgrim hat sometimes. Like, there's not really anything fun to it. Um, there's no presents. At least my family doesn't do presents on Thanksgiving. We get, I got two days off of school. There's not really a religious component. Like, I, like, Thanksgiving was just never really this awesome thing. And the food is good now. But growing up, I didn't love the food. I mean, how many people, maybe you're one of these people and that's fine, but how many people have given the option between turkey, chicken, beef, and fish, choose turkey? Like to me, it's like the third, maybe fourth option of that whole thing and we're eating it as the primary meal. And I, my family hosted a lot for Thanksgiving, which was great. And I love having my family over. I love every member of my family, but we didn't see them often. And so as a, like a teenager, young kid, like I didn't know them very well. And so had a lot of awkward conversations. So Thanksgiving was always like sitting around this table with food I didn't love and no presents and my family would just kind of ask questions and we didn't, it was just always kind of awkward and then there was always lots of dishes. So it was always sort of like, yeah, when, when's Christmas come? Um, and then, like I said, there's no also religious element. The only really like emotional part of Thanksgiving is you kind of, like my family at least would go around the table and we'd all say, what's well, one thing you're thankful for? And you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go first. Okay, um, give me time to think. And I would always think of an answer that was either really obvious and easy. And I would say, family, I love my family. Or i say something funny and I'd say, I'm thankful for my hair as I look at my bald father. Those are pretty much the only options I really gave. I didn't really give Thanksgiving much effort. I didn't really give thankfulness much effort. But, I mean, I'm really looking forward to this Thanksgiving. And so in the same spirit, I thought I would give more thought to what I'm actually thankful for. And... As I started thinking about it, I really wanted to just get into the idea of gratitude and thankfulness. And not only what that means for me, but what do I think scripture really says about it. And I, I tried to give some genuine time to prayer and to scripture reading and, and to talking with people. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Just some of these ideas and thoughts that I sort of came to as I was, I was planning this. Because, you know, I don't think any of us would say that gratitude is unimportant. I think we would all say that thankfulness and gratitude are good qualities to have. We'd all say it's important. And we'd all say it's important because, you know, 
when you are grateful towards something, that actually shows respect to the source of where that thing came from. You know, if my mom makes me dinner and I just tell her, I hate this dinner, it's gross, I don't like it, you don't love me, mom, why would you give me this, why don't you give me in and out Like, really, it's disrespecting her because she's provided this for me. So there's actually a way to show respect to the source by having gratitude, by saying, mom, thank you, I appreciate that. You know, if you give a gift to someone and they look at it and they're like, why did you give me this, I don't need this, like, whatever. Like, it shows a ton of disrespect. And so there's ways to actually respect the source of giving you something by, sh- by showing gratitude. In the same ways of things that God gives us, there's ways to show respect to him by actually being grateful. And it also is helpful for us personally, with our own hearts and our own minds when it comes to gratitude. Because take a moment and just think about someone in your life that you would say is a person who has a pretty grateful heart, a pretty grateful spirit about them. Think of that person that's just always pretty good at really being just glad with what they have. What's that person like? I would guess that that person is probably a little more patient. They're probably pretty kind. They're probably easygoing. They're probably pretty good light energy about them. They just sort of have a more positive vibe about them. And likewise, we probably all know someone who's generally ungrateful. We all probably have that one cousin, that one someone, right? And if you're not that, if you can't think of that cousin, then you might be the ungrateful cousin. But that person that, you know, the hotel room wasn't good enough. That meal was good, but it could have been better. You know, my car is just, ah, it's fine, but it really, everything could be better. You just feel like they have a spirit of ungratefulness. What are those people like? They are often irritated, anxious, mad, impatient. So of those two things, which would we probably rather be? We can choose to be someone who respects the source and shows honor to God and also has a lighter energy about us, or we can choose to potentially disrespect God from the things he's given us, and also we have kind of a more negative energy about us. That's really the power that gratitude can have in our lives. And as I continued to think about this, I started wondering, you know, what's the source of gratitude? Like, where are we actually supposed to draw this from, this this idea about us? And I came to two major, or the two major possibilities of where gratitude comes from, and there's probably others, but these are the two major ones I thought of. We tend to be grateful first when good things happen to us and we know it as good. So for example, we might be grateful if we were given $1,000. We all know $1,000 is probably good. We feel grateful that we've received it. We might love our house, the things that we love, the things that we care about, we're grateful that we have them. If you don't like your car, you're probably not gonna be grateful. But if you do like it, then you are. So the first source of gratitude is recognizing and knowing the good things that you have. The second form or the second source of gratitude is really where I kind of want to lean into a little bit more this morning because I think it's really interesting. I have found that the second form of gratitude comes from comparing ourselves to the misfortunes of others. So how many of you have heard this phrase before? Finish your dinner, there's starving people in Africa. We have all heard that. And what's the goal of that phrase? The goal is to say, you have food on your plate, so don't complain because any food is good food because some people don't have any food. But we take the misfortunes of others and we apply it to ourselves and we say, well, we're, it's, not, it's not that bad, so I guess it's okay. And then we become grateful. That's the hope. The hope is that, you know, when you, we oftentimes, we probably see homeless people and we might think, man, that really stinks for that person. And we might even pray for them. We might think about them. We might even give them a couple bucks. We might even give them food. But at the end of the day, we also probably feel a little grateful. We're like, man, I'm glad I just, at least I have a roof over my head. 
at least I have people. We look at someone else's bad situation and it actually makes us feel grateful. When I had my shoulder surgery in college, I had someone go to me and say, hey, at least you have two arms. I'm like, yeah, that is, I'm good. I'm glad I have two arms. But we need that negativity, that, that negative side of it to bring out the positive. I wonder if this has ever happened to you. I was on the freeway the other day. I was on the 134 and there was just so much traffic. So, so, so much traffic. Way more traffic than this time of day or this day should have ever had. But it, it's there and I think I'm a pretty patient, not person that doesn't get very angry, but traffic can get me. <laughs> As probably most of us it can. And I'm just sitting there and I'm so frustrated. I'm so annoyed. I am so angry with just this car in front of me and it is just exhausting. Finally, honestly, there's probably like eight minutes of traffic, but it felt like 45 minutes to an hour. We get to the very front of the traffic, and what do I see? Ambulances, fire trucks, police cars. And I instantly feel remorse. I instantly feel shame. I feel, I can't believe I was so mad at this when look at what was going on. There was an actual tragedy happening, and I was angry because I'm a couple minutes late for something. That's the first thing I feel ashamed. But then I start feeling grateful. I start feeling, God, I, God, thank you that I'm alive. Thank you that I am well enough to even be able to suffer through traffic. I am glad that at least I have a car and a roof over my head. And man, God, I pray that that person is safe if there's an accident. I pray that they're safe. But like, I am glad that I am healthy today. It's okay. I'm healthy. But I looked at the problem someone else had, and it made me grateful. How come a lot of times our gratitude is based in the misfortunes of others? I find that to be slightly strange. And please, I want to make it very clear. I think having healthy perspective is a wonderful thing. It's a very good thing to understand what you have, to understand that other people don't have it, and to have a healthy perspective is so, so good. But I think the problem lies when we lean too hard into this idea. Because if we lean too hard, here's what I'm afraid will happen. Our gratitude will become conditional. Our gratitude will become, as long as I can look to someone else who's worse off, then I can be thankful. But then that begs the question, what happens if you become that person? What happens if you hit rock bottom? What happens if our economy crashes overnight and you're left starving, and you're left with no home? And people are looking at you and they're saying, well, kids, eat your food because that guy can't eat and that's you will we still be able to be thankful and grateful are we even supposed to still be thankful and grateful in situations where we honestly maybe lose everything I would argue yes I would argue yes and I would argue that that is also what scripture will tell us the first text we're going to look at here is in 1 Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 and 18, Paul says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances. Not just when you have something good, not just when you can look around and say, man, I lost $500, but that guy lost $600, so I guess I'm okay. In all circumstances, give thanks, even when things are terrible. And if you're like me, that um, ask of us either feels impossible 
or at the very least, really, really difficult. And I think it feels really difficult because I often view gratitude through a, through a physical lens. I view gratitude through my health, through my job, through my relationships, through my friendships, through the things that I have, the physical, tangible things that I can say, well, at least I have this. And I view gratefulness through physical lens. And I think we are able to actually rejoice and be thankful in all circumstances if we view it actually through a spiritual lens. Now, Scripture is very clear. God and Jesus care so much about our physical health. He does. He absolutely does. He feeds people. He gives people water. He heals people. He raises Lazarus from the dead. He does so many things that shows that he values our bodies. He values our life here on earth. He absolutely does, and he adores us. But there's also so much scripture that will also tell us that God actually cares more about our spiritual side than our physical side. Jesus says in Mark 8.36, For what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world, but forfeit his soul? What is it worth if we have everything, but we don't have our souls? Jesus will also say, If your arm or your eye causes you to sin, cut them off, cut them out, because it's better to enter the kingdom of heaven without an appendage than it is for your whole body to get cast into the fire. Jesus is approaching the Pharisees and he says, don't actually be scared of the person that can harm your body. You should actually be more afraid of the person that can harm your soul. These motifs are everywhere in scripture that God actually cares more about our spiritual side, our spiritual life, because that is eternal. Our spiritual lives are eternal. Our physical lives will fade. Our flesh will fade. But our spiritual, our relationship with God will be forever. And it's through the spiritual lens that I think we can actually give thanks in all circumstances. In First Chronicles it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. That word for is also the same word because. It's because this is happening. Give thanks to the Lord because He is good. And why is God good? Because His love endures forever. I love the word endures. His love is there and endures everything, no matter what throws at it, no matter what gets hit, no matter what tries to take it away, it endures forever. Nothing can take away God's love. Not height, nor depth, nor angels, nor rulers, nor anything else present or things to come. Nothing in all creation could take us away from the love that is in Christ Jesus. His love endures forever. Therefore, God is always good. He's always good because He's always loving us. And because He's always good, we can always give thanks. Give thanks to God for He is good. His love endures forever. Nothing can take us away. No matter what happens to us in this world, no matter what happens to us in our circumstances on this planet, no matter how much money gets taken away, no matter how bad things might be, nothing can take us away from our relationship with God our spiritual side can always be fulfilled. Not that, it won't, not that it can't get crushed, not that it can't be in pain, not that sorrow's not real and pain's not real. But nothing can sever that relationship with God. Absolutely nothing. God made sure of that. He sent His Son to make sure to die on the cross for absolutely every one of us so that we have the opportunity that no matter what happens, we can give thanks in all circumstances because He loves us and nothing can take that away. 
And as most things, it's, it's, it's probably important to test them to their extremes. And what if you lost everything? What if you came that person that you compare yourself to? Do you think you'd still be able to give thanks? Because that is, I think, the hardest thing to do. In just a second, I'm going to read a text out of Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, but first, I want to give a quick little background on this book. Habakkuk is a prophet, and he is currently in a situation where his tribe is getting overrun, attacked, pillaged by a group called the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans are a um, subsect of Babylonians. So they're bad people, and they're coming in, and they are just doing obscene, horrible things to this group. And so the book of Habakkuk is him having a conversation with God where basically he's just pleading. And he's like, God, how much do I have to wait? How much do we have to, to suffer? How long do we have to endure this awfulness, this pain for you to finally step in and do something? God, you say you're good. Why is nothing changing? Why is there nothing happening? And so the entire book is this dialogue back and forth between Habakkuk and God where God essentially says... I'm doing something in your day that you wouldn't believe even if I told you. I need you to trust me. I need you to trust me, Habakkuk, that I am here for your good. What some people mean for evil, I mean for good. And I'm actually going to do this because I love you, because I love my people. And Habakkuk doesn't take it at first. He's kind of still rejecting it. and He's fighting really hard. He's like, yes, you say you love us, God, but these horrible things are happening. And so I would love to just really quickly read the end of Habakkuk, which I think is such a fascinating answer. So this is the very last section of Habakkuk, right after all this stuff has been said. Here's what he has to say. I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet, I will quietly wait for this day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. I will wait for it. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the field yields no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Habakkuk ends with basically saying, there is nothing that could take away my trust that God is my salvation, that He's got us, and no matter what happens, no matter what the most horrible atrocities are happening, His feet can still be confident like deer, and He is so stable on His high place, because He's in a good place with God. Nothing, no matter what these awful people can come and do to Him and His people, it can't take away His relationship with God. After having a conversation, going through something horrible, he converses with God and he comes to a place where he says, Okay, God, all right, I feel actually okay about this. Even though this horrible stuff is coming, even though I'm trembling, even though I'm in fear, I'm going to wait patiently and quietly because I know you've got this. And I think that's just so incredible. It's the same thing that Job went through, losing everything, but still somehow rejoicing in God. Christ, who lost absolutely everything, it says in Hebrews, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Nothing can take away our spiritual perspective of gratitude. And we can every single day choose to still love and respect God by saying, God, you have chosen me to hang out with you, to be part. 
God just wants us to delight in Him even half as much as He delights in us already, how much He delights in you, how much He loves being with you and loves you. No matter what comes at you, no matter what could happen in your life, His love will endure through it all to constantly love you, take care of you. And no matter what might happen in this world, because bad stuff happens. Bad stuff happens. And even when that happens, we might be challenging, we might be questioning God. And I think some of those questions are very valuable and they're very valid but they won't take it take away God's love for us nothing can take that away I want us to take heart in the fact that we actually have the ability to be thankful in all circumstances because we always have a God who loves us unconditionally and his love endures forever so I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving I hope you filled your bellies with food I hope you had an awesome time And I hope that as you go forward, especially into this Christmas season, where we're going to have lots of high expectations for things, as I know, lots of high expectations can often lead to a lot of disappointments. My encouragement and prayer for all of us is that we still keep a grateful heart. We still understand that we have hit the absolute jackpot in having a relationship with God. And if asked if you do feel that grateful heart, feel that grateful spirit, that share with other people, no matter what happens to them, you're still loved by God. You guys, please pray with me. God, we just want to worship your name. God, we want to say thank you that even though we were the ones that sinned in the beginning, God, that you kept with us. You sent your son, your own son, God, to die an awful death on the cross so that your love could continue to be with us. God, we want to thank you for the abundant things that we do. We want to ask you for continued patience with us when we don't always recognize the good things that you do, the amazing things that you do. God, I pray that you put it more in our hearts to, to recognize you. I pray for eternity to be put in our hearts so we don't just think about today and we don't just think about tomorrow, God, but we think about eternity and eternity with you. God, I thank you for all the wonderful things that you do and all the wonderful things that you have done and all the wonderful things you will continue to do. Help us to have more joy in you today than we did yesterday and even more tomorrow. God, we lift up your perfect name and your, and your perfect son's name. Amen.